0: All right, much of Proverbs is about a father writing to a son. Even though the text applies to all of us, uh, that's what it's about. You, you see that in the writing of Proverbs. And to some occasion, somebody might think, well, that's a little awkward. It's not directly appointed to me. I kind of have to look for the application there. Well, today we look at Proverbs 31, which discusses the excellent wife or the excellent woman. This has application to all of us. In fact, Proverbs 31 is the perfect ending to an incredible book. The book begins in Proverbs 1:7 with fear of the Lord. The book ends in Proverbs 31 with a woman who fears the Lord. It shows us the practical outworking and the practical application of all that has been taught. So women, today in Proverbs 31, you will see an idealized woman. Now this is the ideal. So don't put a burden on your back that perhaps you're not ready to bear and say, I have to do everything just like this lady in this passage does these things. This is what we're to aspire to. You know, oftentimes you're given the principles, but what really helps is to cast the vision, to look out and say, what does this look like? What would it be in a perfect world? And this is what Proverbs 31 does for us. Gentlemen, the application for these verses is easy in one way. This is what a godly wife looks like. If you're looking to be married, this is what you're looking for. Although, let me say this. If you find a woman that meets all of Proverbs 31, fat chance you're ever gonna get an opportunity to spend much time with her. (laughs) I'm just saying, she's perfect. So you better be perfect too if you wanna hang out with her. Which I would say, we have a lot of really close to perfect females at Cedarville, so guys, you better step up your game if you wanna spend some time with them, I'm just saying. But also, don't miss these characteristics that are in this chapter, characteristics that challenge all of us as we look at this, as we look at the diligence, as we look at all of the wisdom here. For all of us, verse 31 says, this is a woman who fears the Lord and she is to be praised. Throughout this book we've seen the woman of folly, we've seen the woman of wisdom, and here we see practical steps of a woman who is excellent. Marriage. Is a good gift from God and we celebrate it. It represents the gospel, but we don't idolize it. Our identity and our satisfaction must be found only in Christ. If you are looking for your satisfaction in marriage, you're gonna be disappointed. And perhaps unrealistic expectations is the biggest problem early on in marriages. Marriage is not a Disney World fairy tale. You don't just live happily ever after. There's work that's involved because there are two sinful human beings coming together to live with one another. Living a life of wisdom, a life that represents the fear of the Lord, a life that finds satisfaction and fulfillment in serving Christ, that's the goal. So Proverbs 31, verses 10 through 31 is an acrostic. It's written with the beginning of each verse as the beginning of a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It was done this way so that it could be memorized. So if you want to look back and think about what was the picture that Christianity, that Judaism put forward for someone to follow, then it was this. It was something they wanted to be memorized so that it could be lived out. It is a picture of beauty. Because it begins in verse 10 with an acrostic, there's some question as to whether it's the same author as verses one through nine. We don't know for sure. We can assume that it's the same author, and so that would be King Lemuel writing from what his mother has given him as the wisdom that's being passed down, but we can't know for sure. As we look at this, I want to give you a main idea, and in this main idea, it's that Proverbs 31 depicts the ideal woman who fears the Lord and lives out the way of wisdom. We're going to break the chapter down in this way, looking at verses 10 through 31, and I won't read it all at one time because it's a long section, and we're just going to walk through it today. This is a lot of text, so instead of providing a whole lot of application, a whole lot of illustration, we're just going to walk through the text. We're going to look at what the text says. We're going to apply it to our lives as we walk through it, and we're going to learn from it. First, we're going to see her value, verses 10 through 12. Then we're gonna see her character. We'll see that in the things that she does. We'll see the character come forward. We'll see some things, talks about what she says, how she girds herself. We'll see those things as well as part of her character. And then we'll get to the praise in verses 29 and 30 before the conclusion, wrapping up not just this section, but the entire book in verse 30 and 31. Now, because I'm doing Proverbs 31 doesn't mean we're done with Proverbs. We will continue in Proverbs next semester, but it was just a fitting moment to put this particular message in right before the break we began with her value point number one her value let's look at verse 10 verse 10 tells us here an excellent wife so we stop and we look at the word excellent the word excellent or the word virtuous the virtuous woman in some of your translations who can find her This word excellent, this word virtuous, means ability, efficiency, strength, having or show moral goodness or righteousness or strength of character. In the Hebrew canon, Ruth comes right after the book of Proverbs. So you go to Proverbs 31 and then you begin the book of Ruth. And in the book of Ruth, chapter 3, verse 11, Ruth is described as the excellent woman. So here you see some connection moving through as this woman's being described and as that same word, excellent, worthy, virtuous woman is used of Ruth as well. And here we see that it is an excellent wife. This word, wife, can also be the word for woman. We see from the context of the passage, because of caring for the household and the husband and all that, this in this context is a wife. But these verses and these characteristics can apply just as easily to a woman. And gentlemen, we have much that we can learn from in this as well. And I want you to note as we go through this how countercultural this message was to describe an ideal woman who does incredible things, someone who has incredible gifts in the time that this was written. This is a great picture. It tells us that she is far more precious than jewels. You'll remember that wisdom itself, as you obtain it, is far more precious than jewels. And so here we see an excellent woman, an excellent wife. Who can find her? Her value is rare. It's difficult to find someone who truly lives by wisdom. And when done so, she is far more precious than jewels. Here's some cross-references for you. Proverbs 18, says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And some of the guys in the audience said amen, right? And obtains favor from the Lord. Look at what Proverbs 19, 13 through 14 says. A foolish son is ruined to his father and a wife's quarreling is a continual dripping. Have you ever been in a room where there was a dripping noise? and you couldn't get the faucet to cut off. How many of you have ever experienced that? And turn it as hard as you could, the faucet just wouldn't cut off. And there was a continual drip, drip, drip. And in your mind, even after you left the room, there was a continual drip, drip, drip. And even now, as I continue to say the words drip, 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 you are annoyed. Stop it and move on, please. Because a quarreling wife, an unsaved wife, a wife not demonstrating the fear of the Lord, is a continual dripping of rain. House and wealth are inherited from fathers, but look here, a prudent wife is from the Lord. Proverbs 31, 10 through 12, we continue on with it. Verse 11 says the heart, you remember the word heart here, The heart, meaning everything in his being, all of him, that internal, his feelings, his will, his emotions, all of him, the heart of her husband, trust her. Now, this word trust is important. If you write in your Bibles, if you have notes, you want to write that word down, you want to circle that word, that word is an amazing word. This word is an amazing statement here because this verb is used almost exclusively for trust in the Lord. One commentary noted that it's only used twice in the Old Testament of trust of other human beings, here and in Judges 20, 36. So it gives you an indication of this woman who is trustworthy. And this woman so much so that her husband in his whole heart trusts her. He will have no lack of gain. He doesn't have to worry about what's taking place. He knows that everything is being done with excellence and good stewardship. Everything is being taken care of. And not only that, but she does him good, not harm, all the days of her life there is, this is no woman that goes around behind and talks about the weaknesses or, or backbites or criticizes or gossip. He does, she doesn't go back to, to her mom and talk about how her husband did this and this and this and is so bad or so evil or so wicked and those things can create dissension and I encourage you not to do those type of things. But this is her value. She, her husband trusts her. He has nothing to worry about at all. This is not the woman pictured in Proverbs chapter seven, which we'll talk about next semester, who when the husband has gone on a trip is out trying to lure somebody in. This is a woman that is trustworthy. The husband can go on a trip, the husband can do whatever and this woman is trustworthy. We should all, male and female, be trustworthy in this way. Proverbs nine says it's better to live in the corner of a housetop than in a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. I've never lived on the corner of a housetop. I don't imagine it would be comfortable. It does say it was the corner. The corner can't really be comfortable. Proverbs 21.9, it's better to live in a desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. Part two, let's look at her character. This is gonna be verses 13 through 27. In her character, I've titled it this way because there are so many things wrapped up here. It talks a lot about what she does. In fact, it's going to start off talking about what she does in caring for the home. It's going to end with what she does caring for the home. It's going to talk about her business. It's going to talk about her words. It's going to talk about many different characteristics. And so I've just titled this her character because I think it catches all of it. As we see this character, we look at verses 13 through 15 first. It says, she seeks wool. Wool. What is wool? Wool is clothing or made clothing made of wool will keep you warm in the wintertime. It's thick. It's nice. It's a reason that you don't have to fear cold or you don't have to fear things of the future because you have so many layers of wool on, right? You wear your wool gloves or wool socks or things that would keep you warm and so she seeks wool. But not only that, she seeks flax. Now this combination of words only used here in the Old Testament, we think this means the linen and so we think what this verse is saying to us is that she's taking care of the clothing through the wool and through the flax. And she works, but she works with willing hands and I think that's important because sometimes in all of us in our work that we do, sometimes we don't go to work with a willing attitude, with willing hands, sometimes we go to work and we do things begrudgingly. Sometimes we do them with a bad attitude. Sometimes even as though we obey our moms or dads or what our teachers tell us to do or. what others ask us to do, we do it, but we do it with a sour attitude on our face. And the picture that we have here is of somebody that's willing. These are willing hands. She goes and she does this, she's excited about these opportunities and possibilities. And let us all, whatever we put our hands to, do it with a willing attitude, with a happiness and with a joy that demonstrates a good character. Get what it says here in verse 14. She is like the ships. Now it does say like here, all right? So this is not intentional. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. Now what does it mean to bring the food from afar? I don't know whether it means she's going out and getting some exotic food and maybe she she doesn't like all of the products that they're putting in the food so she wants to get something completely healthy and natural. Maybe, maybe not, I don't know. Maybe this is just a really glamorous way of saying she went to Kroger and bought groceries. I mean, you you apply it to today's attitude and you see this but look at the way it paints the picture here. It's glorious. She brings food from afar. Look at what it says next. She rises while it is yet still night. She gets up early. How many of you are early birds in the room? You are up before the sun. You like that, a few of you. Uh, All right, of the early birds, how many of you drink coffee? Oh, there's some of you don't even drink coffee. You poor souls. How many of you are night owls? You don't like early mornings. Yeah, amen, there are some saved elect people in the room that I'm here with, right, yeah. (laughs) I, I get up early, but not because I want to, and don't talk to me when I first get out of bed, right? How many of you are that way? Like, I don't, I don't want a conversation when I first — actually, nobody wants a conversation when I first get out of bed in the morning. Give me two cups of coffee, and then I'm good to go. I can have a smile on my face. Ten o'clock chapel's even a little early for me to be up here. I mean, I'm just saying, I, 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 I'm good at midnight. I'm good at one. Two a.m., all right, let's party. We're just getting started, right? But ten o'clock, yeah, I don't know about that. Now, you understand my parties are holy Christian parties, right? So, All right, I better get back to the text because I'm about to get in trouble. She rises while it is yet still night. Now, I'm going to point out in a few minutes another verse which says she keeps her lamp on late into the night. Now, this is the idealized woman. She gets up early. What does this mean? She's not lazy. There's work to be done. She's up doing it. Guys, girls, men, women, faculty, staff, When there's work to do, we get up and do it. We don't hit snooze on the alarm 18 times. There's responsibilities that we have to tend to. We set our alarm clock, we get up, we do it. What are her responsibilities mentioned here in the text? Provide food for her household and then portions for her maidens. Now food for the household, we understand clearly what is the portion for the maidens. She probably has those that work with her in the home and she has to get up and say, this is what I need you to do. This is the list of things that need to happen. So whether you're administrating at work or at home or in other locations and you have those that report to you that are responsible, it's a good thing to have clear expectations, to demonstrate good leadership, to make sure they know what needs to be done so that they can do what they need to do. And so here it says that she is up and she makes sure that all of this happens. She has good administrative skills, whether an administrator of a household, of a business, or of more. This is good leadership. We look at verse 16. She considers, we notice the word considers, we don't move right past that, to where it talks about a field and she buys it. Although this verse is phenomenal in and of itself in the time that it was written to think about what Christianity with Judaism here is saying about the value and worth of women that she can do this. Some have even said they are skeptical that this is real because in that day and time, it wouldn't have happened. And there we say, yes, this is real because this is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's in the canon of scripture. And it tells us here that she considers a field and buys it. She considers it. So it's not an impulse buy She doesn't wake up one morning and get a sales magazine in the mail or in email or on a pop-up on the internet and then make an impulse purchase. This is something that is considered. It is not an impulse buy. But there is a field and she buys it. And then with the fruit of her hands, the labor, perhaps from the wool and the flax, which she eventually sells to the merchants as we see later on. With the fruit of her hands, it says she plants a vineyard. Now notice it says she plants it. Now, we might not think a lot about the sheep plants. We might think, oh, well, that's just, that's just somebody talking about things. But it says in the next verse, dresses. And in verse 17, where it says dresses, the word for that is to gird up your loins, to gird up yourself. Now, I realize that's an archaic statement, but some of you will remember that from Peter, where it talks about girding up the loins of your mind. And we understand that in that time to gird up your loins were to take the long robes and you would prepare them. You would gird them up. You would tuck them in so that you could run, so that you could perform in an athletic event, so that you could work, so that you could do things of that nature. And so what this text is saying to us is that she plants a vineyard. She sees a piece of property. She considers it. She buys it. She then plants a vineyard on it so that additional revenue is being created. Do you see what this is? This is the integrated business core of her household, right? This is the IBC at work. She sees something that can be profitable for herself and for her family, and she goes and she makes this happen. She girds up herself, and with this, even though she has those that she can delegate tasks to, we see that she's not afraid to get her hands dirty. She's not afraid to work. Men and women, we should never, no matter where we are in life, be afraid to get dirty. Be afraid to have a little hard work, to work hard, to break a sweat, to be diligent in the things that come along. She dresses herself. What does she dress herself with? Strength. And she makes her arms strong. Characteristics there. She girds herself with strength. She has taken packle. (laughs) She understands that there's a stewardship to your body. And that a strong, healthy body is a good stewardship to allow you to do all of the great ministry that the Lord will bring our way. Now, I don't know if that, that means she was in the weight room, but she was working in the vineyard. She was working hard. And I would say to all of you, balance in life is crucial. Enough sleep, enough exercise, enough study time, enough work, all of these things done in proper balance. And when the priorities get out of order, things fall apart stress levels increase, if you're not having enough physical activity and exercise, if you're not getting enough sleep, things spiral out of control and so life is a lot about balance. It doesn't really matter how busy you are if you keep the balance in order and you keep the things in their right boxes and the priorities in line and so here we see somebody that girds herself, that dresses herself with strength and makes her arms strong. What a great image that we see here. She perceives that her merchandise We have a businesswoman, it's profitable. We have a successful businesswoman. And as a guy who likes to be successful in business, I really like this. She has a product, she has merchandise, it's profitable. And then here it says her lamp does not go out at night. She works at night too and I like this one a lot better than getting up early in the morning. But notice what it is here. If you leave your lamp on all night long and you're up early in the morning, that may not be the proper balance. So we recognize this is the ideal woman. This is that perfect picture here. And we know that we interpret Scripture with Scripture. And Psalm 127, two says, it is vain for you to rise up early and to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, which is not what this is, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep. So we see this. We continue looking at her character. Notice here, this, this is a great verse. I, I wanna show you the connections here. Look at how many times hands is in here. You see the hands? Four different times I've circled for you hands on the screen. And then you see how it relates. The distaff and the spindle relate to one another. The poor and the needy relate to one another. When we see this, we look at the distaff and we look at the spindle, and I don't know exactly how to explain to you all that it is, but the distaff is described as a staff with a fork on the end that would hold the flax or the wool that has not been spun yet. And the spindle then would be the rod with the thread that once spun by hand, similar to like a sewing process that you would go through. And so you have the connection there between the distaff and the spindle. And you have her hands because she puts her hand to the distaff. She holds the spindle. And then those same hands that work hard are hands that provide for others. She has provided for her family already. She has provided for herself already. So she reaches out then and opens that same hand and reaches out with that same hand to the poor and to the needy. There is a concern here for those who need help, for those who need compassion. This is a woman of compassion and love for others. This is not just a greedy person. Even though the merchandise is profitable and there's profit to be made, it's not to be hoarded all to ourselves. There's hard work and profit then that can be given to others to show need to the compassion. What an amazing picture that we see here in the Scripture. Verse 21, it says, she is not afraid. She has no fear of snow. So she's a northern lady. <laughs> Just kidding, slightly. But why does she not fear the snow? Wool and linen. She's prepared. She's up early, she's working late, she has the distaff and the spindle, for all her household are clothed in scarlet. Now, does that mean that she was an Ohio State fan? I don't know that we can quite make that. Maybe, maybe not. This may not be the weekend to talk about Ohio State after what that committee did. But anyway, you see here, Scarlet. it's not about the color. It's about the quality. It's the fact that she has nothing to be afraid of because her household is clothed in scarlet. It says she makes coverings for herself. She takes care of herself as well. And how many of you ladies, I guess guys too, how many of you like really expensive clothes? Anybody in the room? There's, there's a few of you. There's just a few of you willing to admit it. It's okay, it's in the text here. This is your verse, maybe your life verse. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. So next time, ladies, or in the future, 20 years from now, 10 years from now, whatever it may be, you want to go buy something really nice, and the husband says, no, just go to this verse. <laughs> I want to be a Proverbs 31 woman. And this says her clothing is fine linen and purple. <laughs> I don't have to worry about my wife doing that because she shops coupons and gets great deals and all that type of stuff. And so, yeah, she... She gets fine clothing, but she gets it at like 25% of the normal price, which is awesome. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Where have you heard fine linen and purple before? Do you remember? Do you remember the discussion of Lazarus and the rich man? Where he feasted sumptuously every day and he was clothed with fine linen and purple. Purple, you'll remember from your study that the way you made purple was from the snails. And they, they had these little snails and they would let this die, then go out in the sun for a long time so that it would redden, so that it would create this purple aspect. All of that to say this was really expensive. This was really difficult to get. This was really nice. She had nice clothes. So the image that we get here is somebody who takes care of everything and demonstrates excellence in every way. It says her husband, when he's out in the gates, he's known. He's known because she does things so incredibly that even in the discussion of the Proverbs 31 woman, it talks about here about the husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments. And what does she do with some of those linen garments after she's clothed herself? She sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. She's a businesswoman. She creates, she produces, she delivers, she sells. She does all of these things. She's an asset. She is not a liability. And here we look at another cross reference. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. We look at verses 25 and 26. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She laughs at the time to come. We get a glimpse of her character here with strength and dignity. We see what she thinks about the future when she laughs at it, she doesn't laugh at it in a flippant way, but she's prepared, she understands. She knows what's ahead as far as any human can know what's ahead, she's prepared for it, whatever comes, she's done all that she could possibly do. So she's not anxious, always worrying about what happens in the future. And I would say to all of you, this is a good place to say we trust the Lord, we fear the Lord, we're not always worried about everything that's gonna happen next in the future. That worrying doesn't accomplish anything, but we trust, we rest, we find our satisfaction and our peace in the Lord. And we let the Lord guide our steps because He already knows them all of our days established before us. When she speaks, what happens? She opens her mouth and what pours forth but wisdom. And here's an interesting, I have to take a moment to talk about this one. Teaching of kindness. The word teaching here, you see it, you would recognize it, The the Torah, the teaching, the law, combined with the word kindness, the hesed, the covenant love of Christ. And here in this, she opens her mouth and wisdom flows forth. And there's the Torah and there's the love and there's that covenant aspect. And so here you see that understanding of all that flows forth. In her words, there's a sweetness that comes forward. She teaches with kindness. In my mind, as I read this, I think about somebody whose tone is always sweet, whose expression is always uplifting and caring. I just think about the way they say what they say, the words they say. It's just always an encouraging picture. The teaching of kindness is on her tongue. And then we look at some cross-references as well. Proverbs 25, 24. It's better to live on the corner of a housetop than in a wife shared with a quarrelsome wife. Proverbs twenty-seven, fifteen and 16. A continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. To restrain her is to restrain the wind or to grasp oil in one's right hand. Have you ever spilled something and tried to catch it? Have you ever tried to catch water in your hand? We've even... Talked about at my household, because I have a boy, how do you, how do you catch water in your hands? Well, you can't really, right? But you cup your hands together and try to create no gaps whatsoever so that you can grab some water so that you can quickly drink the water out of your hands. But to grasp the oil and to hold it and to take no, you just can't. You can't hold on to it. And that's the description here. Trying to restrain that or grasp that. It's a quarrelsome wife. So we look at her character again in verse 27. She looks well. She looks well to the ways of her household. Now, this chapter started with her caring for the home. It talks about all of the many things that she does. And it comes back to the fact that she looks well to the ways of her household. She does not neglect things, she demonstrates great administrative skill, there is not chaos at home, there is order at home, and it says she does not eat the bread of idleness. And that bread of idleness should hearken in our minds back to Proverbs chapter 9 where it talked about the bread that was stolen, the bread that you didn't work for. There's no bread of idleness here. In other words, this is a hard-working person. And I would say to you that one of the key things that we should be doing in our lifetimes is working hard. Whatever the Lord gives us to do, let's work hard at it. Whatever the Lord wants us to do in life, be diligent, work at it, make sure that you do it with excellence, that you do everything that you could possibly do, and the Lord will bless those efforts of your hands. Here, she does not eat the bread of idleness. She is not lazy. Proverbs 14:1 says, the wisest of women builds her house. That's the way of wisdom. But the way of folly, with her own hands, she tears it down. Who would build a house and then with her own hands tear it down? These are not Legos. You don't tear them down to build something else. Here you see what folly will do. We look at our third point, her praise. We see this in verses 28 and 29. Her value, her character, and her praise. What do her children say about her? Her children rise up, respect, and they call her blessed. What does her husband say about her? He praises her. A quote here, many women have done excellently. You notice that word? You remember back to Proverbs chapter 31 verse 10. At the very beginning of our text today, an excellent woman, an excellent wife, who can find them? And here the text is wrapped up, this acrostic, intentionally written so that it's easy to memorize comes back around at the end of the text and says, many have done excellently, but you, you, you surpassed them all. In other words, he's saying, this woman is amazing. She is the cream of the crop. Other people have done well too, not putting them down, but she's better than all of them. Her children praise her. Her husband praises her. And here we see this. Verse 30. 31, we see a conclusion to this. I don't think this continues because of the quotations, the praise of the husband. I think this is the wrap-up of this section of Scripture. It says here that charm is deceitful, that beauty is vain. Charm, what is charm? Perhaps physical characteristic, a trait that allures, delights, fascinates a person. When I think of charm, I think of a snake charmer. A snake could be charmed by somebody who has the right motions and makes the right sounds, but that's temporary. That doesn't last. Beauty, it says, is vain. The word vain means temporary, fleeting, fading away. The breath, the vapor. We think back to James life is but a vapor, it is fleeting, it is for a moment. Youth lasts only for a moment. The beauty of youth lasts only for a moment. And even though in these days it may seem like your college education lasts for a long time, it really lasts for only a moment. We welcome you as freshmen and get to know you, and next thing we know you're walking across the stage, and we can't believe four years has already passed. And even though it may seem like a long four years to some of you, it seems like such a short moment to many of us. And here it says that charm. Well, that charm is fleeting that beauty, that beauty doesn't last. And so to all of us, it says, what are the things we should value most? It's not the charm, it's not the beauty. Now this does not mean to say that the woman that is the Proverbs 31 woman does not have charm and have beauty, but it means those are not the main characteristics that we're gonna look to or that we're gonna point to, but it is the characteristic of those who fear the Lord. This is what is to be praised. You praise the fear of the Lord. So the things we develop and the things we display should be our spiritual characteristics, not outward beauty. Guys, the things that you should be looking for and those that you wanna spend your life with, it's not charm, it's not outward beauty, it's an inward character of fearing the Lord. I, I don't think I can emphasize this to you heavily enough this morning, but as I read this and I thought, what's, what's the application to a room mostly full of college students I I think what I would say to you from this is don't be unequally yoked with somebody who is not a believer they may be nice they may be sweet they may be beautiful they may be handsome they may be funny they may be intelligent but the thing that's to be praised is to fear the Lord the fear of the Lord is faith in Christ. I would say to all of you, if you are a true believer in Christ, do not even consider, do not date, do not spend time with, do not contemplate in your own mind a relationship with someone who is not a follower of Christ, and you think down the life way of a life together, and you think about what that results when someone doesn't share the same values or the same ideals or the same characteristics that you share. You think about what it means to raise children and whether they're going to go to church or not go to church and the values that they're going to have. And And all of these things, there is disaster waiting for you down the road if you even entertain the idea of being with someone who is not a follower of Christ. So I would just encourage you, I would beseech you, I would exhort you, I would — everything I can say and all of the words that should be coming out of my mouth that are not right now to say this to you. Find somebody that loves Jesus as much as you love Jesus and spend your life running together for the gospel of Jesus Christ, loving Jesus. And you may not find somebody that meets all of these verses, but find somebody that wants to. And guys, you may not be at a spot where you could lead a relationship or a family with somebody that does all of these things, but get to a spot in your own walk with Christ that you want to. Run as hard and fast after Jesus as you possibly can, looking at the beautiful vision that Proverbs gives us of what this should look like. And what will happen? It says, give her the fruit of her hands all the things she was excellent at, and let her work, praise her in the gates, publicly. The wise man was introduced to woman wisdom in chapters one through nine. Now he has wedded her. He rejected the adulteress and the harlot and found delight in true integrity and substance. Bruce Walkie says it this way. Wise daughters aspire to be like her Men seek to marry her, and all wise people aim to incarnate the wisdom she embodies, each in his own sphere of activity. What's your main idea? Proverbs 31 depicts the ideal woman who fears the Lord and lives out the way of wisdom. Jim Cato, I think you have something for me today. And all of you can be jealous Because I married the excellent woman. And her mother Kay is here with us and she did a great job raising her. So thank you for doing such an excellent job. Very wisely. If that's what the Lord has for you, don't take it lightly. Don't be foolish. It matters. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear God, I pray for wisdom for all of our students here. Lord, I pray that you would help them to seek you. Lord, not to be so caught up in the emotions of things and the excitement of new relationships that they don't think wisely. But Lord, I pray that you would prosper them. Lord, I pray that you would raise up a generation of Proverbs 31 women from our midst. I pray that you would raise up a generation of men and women who pursue you, who love you, who want to please you and glorify the gospel and live for Jesus. I pray that you give them wisdom to do it. I pray that you would keep them from the potholes of this world, from the landmines of this world, from making mistakes, from being entrapped by foolishness or folly or sin that you would put good friends around them, friends for life that will help them to run hard and fast after you. Lord, we do this not for our glory, but for your glory so that your name will be praised. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen, and you are dismissed.